Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Wednesday, January 25th. It is six minutes after 10. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and this is 93 WIBC. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. So is President Biden in hot water over the discovery of classified documents from the Obama administration in his possession. He's been coming under siege from a lot of GOP lawmakers over this mishandling of classified documents, with the exception of Lindsey Graham. The South Carolina Republican vouched for Biden's character as the president (laughs) faces the scrutiny. Graham said, I've known President Biden a long time. I'd be shocked if there's anything sinister here. And then he went on to say, if you come to my house, you're only going to find Chick-fil-A bags all over the floor, but you're not going to find any classified documents, which uh, I don't know why he would have Chick-fil-A bags all over the floor, like clean up your place. But it seems more and more people, everybody's finding classified documents. We looked around the studio here. You know, Mike Pence used to work here. Didn't see any, Rob. We're clear, okay? Well, it shows how unserious these people actually are. And it also shows that we live in a rules for thee and not for me society. And that's why the poor guy who's taking the photo, waving to his parents on the ship, you know, goes to prison and Joe Biden or Donald Trump or Mike Pence or whoever. No big deal. Out of sight, out of mind. And there'll be investigations and nothing will ultimately happen to them. Lindsey Graham also reminds us why the Republican Party is completely useless and and uh, gave up on most of these people a long time ago because the idea that you would vouch, like, let's just say, let's just take the classified documents out of the equation, Casey. The idea that you would vouch for Joe Biden's character and you would say, well, I, given his uh, just totally just upstanding past, I can't see why anyone would think anything sinister would ever happen with anything involving Joe Biden. Again, mm-hmm. the Republicans are great at snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. All of that being said, I saw saw this on Newsmax yesterday, and this was just great. If you want to know what a clueless, just uncaring buffoon Joe Biden is, this guy's name is Todd McKinley, and he was a former aide to Joe Biden, and he describes personally watching Joe Biden hand mishandle classified information. This is great. Take a listen. So to be very clear, to be blunt, you say yes. you've watched the president... Uh, you've watched Biden at that time, Vice President Biden, handle classified documents in a p- pretty much public very, setting. Is that correct? Yes, very, yes, sir. Very open and public setting. And I've also watched him have classified conversations, you know, on, on what I what we had as a QSEC at the time. And people could look that up to see what that is. And he could, could have had classified discussions. But he was having them in an open uh, Amtrak car. Uh, with the White House Situation Room as well. And the military aide made sure that I stayed on the train just before it would take off to clear uh, any documents that he may have left in the seats. And on a number of occasions, he did leave documents, whether they're classified or unclassified is, is besides the point, but he would leave documents in, the, in his seat uh, as, as he got off the train. So that's another another issue right there. So the Bidens just like to leave things wherever they are. 
they're like the kid who's done drinking the glass of milk and that just that cup just stays there right i mean you've got hunter leaving his laptop you've got a gun just being wherever you've got the diary of the daughter wherever and apparently they get it from the big guy can you imagine how many papers and notes and scribbles are at his house he keeps saying one of these days i'm gonna get organized one of these days i'm gonna clean it all up but Casey, the issue here is, and it is because he has never been forced to respect or play by the rules that he enforces on others, right? Nothing ever happens to Joe Biden. Joe Biden has been a conniving, lying plagiarizer his entire life. Mm-hmm. Look at what, you know, this is not a dispute. He he uh, had a presidential campaign derailed because of it. He lies every single day, and they're not even good lies. They're easily refutable lies. And nothing ever happens to him. We as a society do not hold politicians accountable. Now, they certainly hold us accountable, but we never do anything to them. So why would he have respect for anything? It's no different than people raising their kids. Your kids will respond and become, there's a good chance they will become adults the way you treat them as children. And if you don't hold them accountable, if you don't force them to clean their room, if you don't force them to be good and decent people growing up, then there's a good chance they won't as adults. Joe Biden is simply responding to the way he has been allowed to operate his entire life. I just find it silly that nobody seems to want to connect these dots out loud. Nobody in the government. Why is Lindsey Graham, why is he defending Biden? He'd be shocked if there's anything sinister going on. He's known him for a long time. He's known for a long time since the guy's been in the Senate that he's been full of it. Why doesn't he call him out on that? The word you're looking for, Casey, is cabal. And yes, these people <laughs> will have it, politics. And we talked about this before. Politics is pro wrestling, right? The outcome is scripted. They, at the end of the day, yes, the the people want to be in power because they want to be in power because, well, they like power and they're more important when you're in power. And they want to be able to help out their donors and lobbyist buddies who keep them in power. But at the end of the day, there's no real tears being shed shed over whether one side is in or the other side is in because they're basically the same people with just very small marginal differences. The exception to that rule, and you saw this on how people lost their mind, was Donald Trump because he didn't play by the same rules as everybody else. Well, and speaking of that, Merrick Garland came out for the first time and spoke about this, and he said, we do not have different rules for Democrats or Republicans. (laughs) Different rules for the powerful or the powerless, different rules for the rich or for the poor. We apply the facts and the law in each case is a neutral, nonpartisan manner. That that is is what we always do. That is so hyper offensive because that is so obviously so far from the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Look at, look, let's just take a, an example of this that is a person who was before this non political, and that is Brittany Griner in Russia, mm-hmm. okay? They moved heaven and earth, right, to get her out of there, while that Marine guy continues Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. to languish in that prison as he did for many years beforehand. Why? Because there are different rules for different people based on what constituency they may prop you up with. She was checking a lot of the right boxes for the Joe Biden constituency. So, of course, he was going to do whatever it took to placate that constituency, including 
including continuing to let the Marine languish and probably die over there, and including giving away the Merchant of Death, who will result in many, many more people languishing and dying in many different other places. It's it's all crap. It's all who you are and what constituency you can serve for these politicians. So there's been some really heated back and forth going on between Peter Ducey and Corinne Jean-Pierre. And of course, <laughs> he asked her point blank, why did he do it? And well, let's just listen to Corinne Jean-Pierre's answer. We know the president did it. Why did he do it? I would refer to the White House Counsel's Office. In the president's own words, he admits to having information that wasn't his. Why did he smuggle it out? I will let the, 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 the statement of the president stand for itself. I'm just not going to go into a rabbit hole, down a rabbit hole with you on this. She's not going to go down a rabbit hole. She's been absolutely worthless on any of this, not providing any information at all. She just refers, go ask somebody else. The amount of people in the government, now this is of course not all government workers, there are many people at the state level, at the lo- at the local level, at the federal level who are worker people who do a fine job. But the I'm talking about people in positions of power, appointed people, people who are there because they have uh, had something to offer the politicians. These people, I cannot tell you, and I encountered this in the state of Indiana, and I can only imagine how much worse the federal government is. The amount of people who are there who are utter stooges these people who couldn't run anything and this is why the government is so ineffective at almost anything is because the people at the top of the food chain right i'm not talking about the worker bees the people who go there and work very hard every day i'm talking about the people at the top of the food chain are utterly unqualified to run just about anything and they rise to positions of power because of political connections what they have offered what they can offer to these politicians not for what they offer to you. So under the Presidential Records Act, the White House records are supposed to go to the National Archives once an administration ends. And regulations require the files to be stored securely. Mike Pence did throw his classified documents into a safe, and then they had somebody drive them from Carmel to Washington, D.C. Can you imagine being that guy? Hey, yes, Steve, we're going to need you to go to Indiana, pick up some (sighs) files, and then drive them down to D.C. Real quick before we break, and I'm going to put Kevin on the spot here. Kevin, the audio of Pence saying he doesn't have classified documents. Can you pull that up for us real quick? Because I want to play that again for everybody. And then I want people to ponder if you lied. So Mike Pence's boss, right, was the American people. Mike Pence has been a professional grifter for 23 years now. He has been sucking up the teat of the American taxpayer. So we are his boss. I want you to play, Kevin, if you can give a signal to Casey, Casey can just say play it, Mm -hmm. of Mike Pence lying to his boss, the American taxpayer, and then let's ponder what would happen to you if you lied to your boss the way Mike Pence lied to us. It was from uh, the very first break at 9 o'clock, Kevin. But you know what, Rob? I saw this picture of Biden wearing a baseball cap, and I thought, oh, my gosh, he needs to do that more because he he does look a (laughs) a little younger when he's wearing the baseball cap and I realized as I was researching for the show last night I realized you know what Joe Biden's older than my mom and my mom just told me two days ago that she has decided she's going to move into an independent 
a, an adult independent living community, right? Yes. And and that's the type of place that graduates up to assisted living. And then it struck me, the guy running our country has less self-realization about his abilities. What yes. does that say about him? Well, it's it, it it says okay. Let's let's ponder that. Let's take a break because I do I want to play that Mike Pence audio again. So maybe Kevin I've, can I've find it. Yeah, he's got it. Okay, yeah. let okay real quick. Why don't we take a break and then I want to play that Mike Pence audio again. We've got I want to answer Casey's question. Mm-hmm. We've got this audio from from Andy Biggs, who's a U.S. rep, who yep. is, is which is great on this. So let's get all to the, in all to that when we come back. Is that all right? Yep. It's Kendall and Casey. It's ninety three WIBC. Good morning. minutes after 10 it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and we've got some audio of Mike Pence saying that he does not have classified documents yeah okay Take any so classified Okay, okay. Well, I just want to introduce this, Casey, because in the last segment we had talked about mm-hmm. holding people accountable, right? And why do these politicians do this and why does Joe Biden just keep doing things like leaving documents just laying around? We played his former aide, uh, Todd McKinley, saying about how we just leave them on trains. And we talked about why Lindsey Graham would defend Joe Biden, mm-hmm. because there is no accountability amongst these people. And they're basically in their own little insider cabal, where above all else, when they're supposed to be protecting us, they protect themselves. And so I wanted to ponder. So Mike Pence has been basically a ward of the state or a ward of the federal government <laughs> For 23 years now. I mean, so he he was elected to Congress, I think, in 2000. So it's 2023. And let's face it, the money he made off this book, which is now funding his lavish lifestyle he leads today, is solely because he was a professional grifter and made a, a lot of money off the taxpayer. So we are his boss, right? We are, if someone is an elected official, whether they're a town councilman, a surveyor, a school board member, a U.S. congressman, the vice president, whatever, we are their boss. So imagine, Casey, let's picture right now, If our boss, David Wood, came to us and asked us a definitive question about something very important, and we were proven as wrong as Mike Pence has now been proven about the audio used here, let's ponder what would happen to us. And I want the people at home to ponder what would happen to you if you essentially lied to your boss the way Mike Pence lied to us. Go ahead. Do you take any classified documents with you from the White House? Uh, I I did not. Do you see any reason for anyone to take classified documents with them leaving the White House? Well, there'd be no reason to have classified documents, particularly if they were in an unprotected area. There'd be no reason to have them. I did something that I'm telling you there was no reason for me to have done, which was harmful to the employer. Mm-hmm. And I lied to you because I didn't say, no, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, there'd be, I, you know, I can't imagine. I, he definitively said no, and mm-hmm. he was doing it. The same reason that Lindsey Graham is defending Joe Biden this, uh, for political opportunism. Pence thought Trump is vulnerable, and I'm going to hit him on this, and I'm going to do holier than thou without having the guts to actually say what I think, because that's what Mike Pence always does. He hits and hides and then does it in a way where, well, you know, I wasn't being mean or mean-spirited to anyone. He was doing that for political opportunism in a Republican primary. And the politicians do this because we keep letting them get away with it. Mike Pence should never hold public office again because he lied to his employer. The same way if we lied to our employer, we would be out the door 
in a moment's notice. So James Comer said that Pence's transparency stands in stark contrast to Biden's White House staff who continue to withhold information from Congress and the American people. And the White House didn't weigh in on whether a special special counsel will be assigned to Pence to investigate. And Pence has been almost like, no, I'm not worried. It's all good. I was honest. I told you. So nothing's going to happen. Because nothing ever does. Look, look, Mike Pence is a great example. We talk about Joe Biden and how much money Joe Biden's made. Mike Pence is a millionaire. How is that possible, Casey? How is that possible that a guy who has been a ward of the state for 23 years, a professional taxpaying, taxpayer grifter, has become a millionaire? How, how is it possible for any of these people? And it's Republicans and Democrats alike, and that is the crux of this, is that there is no difference. These people care about the power. They don't care about you. So, of course, Lindsey Graham is going to defend Joe Biden because at the end of the day, they're all on the same – they're all basically on the same team. Okay, so this is just a small sidebar, but as everybody's been talking about Pence on all the news outlets, it's been really irritating to me. Even Tucker Carlson did it. They're calling Carmel, Carmel, uh, but <laughs> and I just want to, I'm like screaming at the TV. It's Carmel. It's Carmel. But his house, you mentioned, you know, he's a millionaire. How is he so rich? He bought that house $1.93 million. It has over 10,000 square feet, sits on a five acre lot, seven bathrooms. Seven bedrooms, seven and a half bathrooms, has an in-ground pool. It has a gym and four garages. It's a nice place. It's a nice but, place but, he has. But but this is and this is again what we in talk Carmel. about. Well, and we <laughs> Carmel, not Carmel. But this is what we talk about. Remember yesterday we got on this about how when we played the Bill Maher audio about George Santos, about how it doesn't matter what you do, it only matters what you say. And if you say the right thing, your team will defend you at all costs because you're saying the right thing, even if your actions don't back it up. Mike Pence was not remotely conservative as a governor. He grew government like it was going out of style. His wife spent a colossal amount of money on the, the governor's residence. It, it, it never stops. But you try to say this to people, and, and people say, you're the bad guy. You're the bad guy for giving us the information about what the politicians are doing because we in our minds have tribalized ourselves to where we are incapable of hearing the truth. How does a guy, Casey, who claims to be this fiscally responsible, conservative, whatever, how does he go 23 years without a real job and how does that guy become a millionaire it is 25 minutes after 10 it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc let's talk about the debt ceiling the prospect of negotiating a debt ceiling increase with republicans is prompting some of the democrat leaders and they're they're saying it's they're fixated on what only what might happen if there's no agreement they're not fixated on agreeing to spending cuts at the federal level so are we at an impasse here we've got janet yellen jumping up and down screaming saying we have to protect the full faith and credit of the united states and one side is saying we need to cut the other side is saying no we need these programs so what's going to happen it it sounds like a bunch of scare tactics 
Well, it is, and neither side is serious. Of course, the, both sides want to grow government. The Republicans have proven they're not afraid to grow government. The price tag doesn't matter to them. And the reality is they'll put up, again, it's pro wrestling. They'll put up this show fight. The Republicans will act like they care. They'll probably milk it for a couple months, and then ultimately they will reach some sort of deal, which may cut a little bit here or there so they can act like they did something. But the reality is it will not address the systemic causes of what's happening in this country and driving inflation. So Andy Biggs, who is one of the decent ones, I think, out there who might actually want to do something, uh, state uh, U.S. rep from Arizona, laid out what Republicans should fight for in the debt ceiling battle. Well, you, you're going to target waste for sure. So let's think of the social welfare programs or the social nets that are out there. I think of things like uh, PBS, uh, National Endowment of the Arts, these are the low-hanging fruit that that people look at and say, why are we, why are we supporting uh, these agencies where there's already private sector that is robust and active? That's where you go. And I'm not saying you don't look at the uh, DOD spending as well. A study was done a few years ago that said they waste a hundred billion dollars plus a year. So you're going to have to find the waste. And if you start finding the waste and peeling it back, um, all of a sudden you realize you don't have to spend so much. And then you don't have like the monthly deficit in December was $82 billion. So you don't have that kind of structural deficit. That means you don't have to raise the, the, the debt ceiling uh, so often. And you can start moving towards a balanced budget. And that's what Republicans are calling for. So Janet Yellen keeps saying that if we don't raise the debt ceiling, it will cause irreparable harm to the United States economy. And Corrine Jean-Pierre keeps saying that there will not be any negotiations over the debt ceiling. She said it's an obligation of Congress to raise the ceiling without condition to avoid economic chaos. Nobody believes anything that that woman says. But why is it Americans are forced to live within our means? And we're now stretching every dollar, too. So why can't the government do the same thing? Yeah. All right. So you were in charge of the voicemails today because I was not there. Yep. We've got some good phone calls coming up. 317-684-8444. That's the phone number. Um, And there's a lot of talk about Kevin coming up in our voicemails. (laughs) He'll be the star. That's on the way from 93 WIBC. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and it's time for our favorite portion of the program. That's where you get involved with your voicemails, your questions, comments, smart remarks. 317-684-8444. That's the phone number. Now, today, since Rob is doing the show from his home, he did not go through the voicemails. That was my job this morning. So you have no idea what's coming up, do you? None, absolutely none. I did. I did send a picture uh, to you and Kevin of my palatial Brownsburg estate, and I'm very fearful that I may be uh, having to work from home again tomorrow because that snow is really piling up out there. It seems like it's uh, lightening up just a little bit downtown right now. Well, we can't take any chances, and by not taking any chances, I mean I'm really digging not having to put pants on to do this show today. <laughs> well, our first phone call yesterday, you and Kevin got into this big discussion about receding hairlines yes. and um, having to deal with that as men. It's something that uh, some people have to deal with, and uh, somebody called in to comment about that. Hey, guys. This is Jeff from Claremont. Uh, I only get to hear your show during mashup. So I was listening to the hair conversation, 
my grandpa on my mom's side had lost his hair completely, had the ring around the top, the whole deal, by the time he was 30. Grandpa on my dad's side uh, had his hair up until the day he died. He looked like he had Ronald Reagan hair. As black, he had a little bit of gray at the temples. That was about it. So, yeah, I think it is the mom's side. And I will have to send you a pic of me at the state house talking to Banning and a senator. And clearly, the crown on my head is reflecting light onto the ceiling. And I'll, I'll try and get that sent to you. It's on a photograph, so I'll have to copy that and send it. But, yeah, it, it definitely comes from the mob side. Okay. I had suggested that, and we weren't quite sure. Yeah, I had heard that before. I think that is true. Mm-hmm. I think it's passed on through the maternal line. So, Rob, is, is that's you said that's what you noticed when you saw a picture of yourself yes, that you were I, losing I saw- your hair. Yes, I was. Uh, I saw a picture. Of course, naturally, I was out uh, serving the public at large mm-hmm. in an elected official capacity. Something I didn't even have to be at. But you know, Casey, no one cared more about the public than me. And I just happened to notice in that group photo, somebody had the back of my head that it was starting to form. And once it's starting to form, I'm sorry, there's really no stopping it, unless, of course, you go see our friends at We Grow Hair Indy. <laughs> or you could just uh, rub peanut butter on your head. <laughs> what? Yeah, you, you ever heard that one? No. I, it's something to do with like the omega-3s and the peanut butter. That I is don't know. not a thing, Kevin. There's no, <laughs> no way that's a, a thing. thing. I think you're making that I up I hope now. someone calls in about that. Well, you know Some what? person, Kevin, is going to have an allergic reaction to what you told them to do and they're going to say, well, it's worth it because Kevin, the guy on the radio, said this will help me grow my hair. <laughs> I hope uh, not. At one point, I had suggested to Kevin that he could start shaving his head and just embrace it and no. his comment what was your comment you said i don't know i'm afraid i have a weird shaped head yeah i've never seen my head without hair and i just i feel like that it doesn't have the right shape for that i'm not bruce willis <laughs> all right well we did get another phone call about you kevin and how you dress up every day all right so rob was talking about kevin and how well dressed he is you know kevin is just living by the old model that you dress for the job you want, not the job you have. So sooner or later, Rob's going to get fired for saying something just incredibly stupid, and Kevin's going to slide right on in there. Now, speaking of Kevin, Kevin keeps playing all this great music, but what's the point of him putting in all this hard work to play great music if Rob and Casey are going to keep talking over it the whole time? It's only 90 seconds, and y'all can, you know, Hush up for about 90 seconds to let us listen to the music because Kevin's going to go through the work of putting it together for us there. And, Rob, if you're such a great mentor, how come you didn't let uh, Kevin play hit the post yesterday? Uh, I was kind of disappointed. You didn't give the boy a shot. What kind of mentorship is that? Come on now. Get with the program. I uh, I wholeheartedly agree with that, Casey. So on Warren Zevon Day tomorrow, we uh-huh. should let 90 seconds of every Warren Zevon song roll before we start talking. I am totally down with that. Our listeners are spot on it as I, usual. I know. You're just, you're just trying to make the listeners happy. Well, what about when it's Justin Bieber bumper day? Well, you know, there are laws against things like that, Casey. Mm-hmm. Kevin is dressed up very nicely once again, Rob, just so you K- know. K- Casey, I have a question for you. Yeah. This is apropos of nothing, but um, you have been in the radio business longer than I have. Yes. Thanks for pointing that out. When you started in radio, did you still have to have a license to be a radio broadcaster? Yes, an FCC license. What was that like? Tell. 
<laughs> what do you mean, what was it like? Like, what did you have to do? What did you have to do to get a license to do this? What, what was involved in that? Well, I got it at the end of graduating broadcasting school. So, so it was, was there a test or was there like, uh, did you have those like joining the U.S. military where there was like physical, you know, you had right, to do the right. monkey bars or right. what, had to have like, 20, what did you, what did 2020 what? vision and all of that. It was just part of the process. You know, I went to broadcasting school after college and then at the end of that, it was just part of the graduation process and you actually did have to have a license. Many times over the years, I've been the chief operator of the radio yeah. station. So that was part of the process uh, because we did have to take uh, radio tower readings. Yes. And you had to be within certain parameters. And you had to make sure that, you know, legally the station was abiding by all of the rules and regs. Now yeah, you don't I, want to be oh, you don't you don't want to be overmodulating. That's a big no, no. Correct. So I don't think you have to do that now. Why are you jealous of my license? No, I just wondered because I didn't know how long you had actually been in the radio business. I'm sorry. I'll just uh, I'll just be quiet over here now while you play the next phone call. Uh, 30 years this year, by the way, since you're wondering. Hey, Kevin, let's skip the next one and go to the uh, the Harry Chapin one since we were talking about the bumper music, the, the fourth phone call. Somebody has uh, some words for you, Rob. You know, Rob, uh, if you can't have a peanut butter day or a... Hide and seek day, that's not a thing. Well, then Harry Chapin day, that sure isn't a thing. Love your show. Bye. <laughs> so you, you, yesterday was peanut butter day, and you said that's not a thing. And I jokingly said, well, it's hide and seek day because of all the documents coming out. It actually was not hide and seek day. But you would claim that those aren't real. However, you announced to the world that it was Harry Chapin day. Yes, let me let me peel back the curtain here for a moment on this business, Casey, if that's all right. Sure. Um, <laughs> and uh, maybe I'm not supposed to be saying this, but it's just us talking here. Nobody from Ohio to Illinois and all points in between it's is just listening. It's friends. not like our station is that powerful, right? I'm kind of a villain. <laughs> no. And as part of that, sometimes I just do things mm-hmm. because they're funny to me. And I know that it will enrage other people. Mm-hmm. And it's I get great joy out of when I'm successful at doing the thing that I wanted to do. If you're a villain, do you really think that you should be mentoring our sweet Kevin? Well, I've, uh, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Rob's given me a little edge, you know, like I, I was too nice before okay. and I'm starting to sure. I'm sure. turning into a bad boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a phenomenal. That's a phenomenal question, Casey. Well done. All right. Well, we've been saying for a while now that the moon conversation is over. Yes. Guess what? what it's not over yet oh great so this all stems from this chelsea handler came out and said that she didn't realize that the moon and the sun were two different celestial bodies in the sky she thought they were one and the same and so we have gone down the rabbit hole of moon conversations and then somebody said there were two moons right was, yes. Was that right? Somebody called well, in the, and said there were two the, moons? The, the, it was the same lady. The lady went from the moon does not rise in the east and set in the west okay. to then we were both right because somehow there were two moons. I mean, she stopped just short of saying she had found Elvis and Tupac. It was very strange. Okay. And I had commented that there were two moons on Tatooine. I was corrected. <laughs> I know that there are two suns on Tatooine. Nerd alert. But somebody did call with one more tip about the moon 
you said you were done with the moon stuff, but since you brought it up a little bit ago, I thought I'd call in and say that God made two lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night in Genesis 1.16. He did not make two of either one. Thank you very much. So there you go. There you go. Very well said. Straight to Genesis from the Bible. That settles the whole moon conversation, Absolutely. Right? And now, now, <laughs> now it is done. done. Now we're it done. is done. It I is will 10... be there to field the phone calls tomorrow, so we're done. Okay, it's 1042, and Hammer's going to join us next on 93 WIBC. It's 1046. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and Hammer's joining us in the studio. And I like I like seeing you over there. That's nice. You're actually on camera today. Yeah, because you know what? I'm actually here. <laughs> Unlike some people. Like, there's absolutely no excuse for Tony Katz Jr. over there in Brownsburg <laughs> to not be here in studio. Because the time that you guys had to be here at work, it wasn't even that bad. Mm-hmm. I woke up this morning. I could still see my grass. Mm-hmm. But Captain candy ass over there you know you and tony katz both you guys are the first ones to yell and scream and flip out and wag your fingers and none of you candy asses made it into work today here here's here's the thing hammer i put a lot of effort in yesterday to knowing how to use this box in case the weather got really bad and so i figured well i'd already put the time into figuring out how to use the box that would just be time wasted and i didn't want to have wasted the time of the other people who helped me learn how to use the box you know what can i just call them out please he is already preemptively saying you might not be here tomorrow either. So what's that all about? Listen. I fear I'm about to be snowed in. How can you be Mr. Off the Rails, Mr. I'm going to go to the council meetings, Mr. Billy Badass, and there's barely a little bit of dew on the ground this morning, and you stay at the Casa de Kendall out in Brownsburg, where everybody else has to drive in and come to work. That is so weak. That is so embarrassing for you. I pray for you. I think we're getting to the bottom of it, Casey. Hammer is so worried that the award-winning off-the-rails segment might not run tomorrow <laughs> that he needs me to come save his show. <laughs> you know, he's just concerned it's more content he's going to have to come up with. Is that what you're saying? Uh, Hammer, we uh, I, I discovered that someone very close to you, who you, uh, you have uh, something with you, I believe, for people who are watching on the YouTube chat. I don't know if you remember to bring it in with you or not. Oh, I've got but it. The, they had a birthday. Maybe you could put that up. Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen had a birthday the other day. Correct. And if you're watching on the YouTube stream here, I'm going to try to get the autographed photo, the personalized photo of (laughs) Tiffany Thiessen, uh, a.k.a. Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell, a.k.a. Valerie Malone from 90210. Um, I had such a thing for her back in the day. And her birthday was yesterday. And I've got this personalized autographed photo. (laughs) And it's crazy, Rob. Six degrees of separation. Uh, Back when I worked at W. ZPL. I worked with a girl named Kelly McKay. Her cousin is married to Tiffany Thiessen. It's a dude named Brady, wow. who's like an actor too. So she pulled some strings and she gave me this 
personalized photo and it says, Hammer, um, Happy New Year, Love, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. And the I was signed with a heart. Mm. So yeah. you know what that means, Casey. If a girl signs an I with a heart, mm-hmm. we're literally just a few minutes away from Pound Town. Yeah, you're going to be making out any minute now. Yeah. Right. You right. know, uh-huh. you know here, here's the thing about that, though. I used to think that, too, because one time in my junior high yearbook, a girl wrote, Rob, let's keep in touch over the summer, but seriously, don't touch. And there was a heart in that, too. And it turned out she really didn't want to have anything to do with me. So I'm not trying to call you that into question. I'm just saying maybe it does get used a little bit more than it should. But Tiffany likes rugged men that make it into That's work. True. She knows an alpha <laughs> from a beta. <laughs> Hey, so she's 49, which makes me feel old uh, because, of course, I grew up with uh, Team Saved by the Bell. But then we got on an interesting conversation. What team Tiffany Amber Thiessen were you growing up? Were you Team uh, Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell or were you Team Valerie Malone from 90210? To be honest with you. If you've ever seen the movie The Ladies' Man with Tim Meadows, her cameo in that, where she's got the lingerie on and everything is just looking good the way God intended it, uh, that's the team that I'm on. But in terms of her successful TV runs, you give me the bad girl. I want bad girl Valerie Malone from 90210. Say by the bell, she made her name. Mm-hmm. Hat tip to Say by the bell. Mm-hmm. There probably wouldn't be a Valerie Malone without Save by the bell. But hot damn, she on that show was unbelievable. Yeah, because you would have a, with Valerie Malone, you'd have a good time, and then there's a chance she might kill you. So you know, it's a real adventure. <laughs> he likes the crazies. I've he been says there it all the time. I've been there. I bought the T-shirt. I married her. <laughs> he's doing the lifelong tour right now right right we don't call her the crazy coupon lady just because she's (laughs) rational hey okay hammer i want to switch gears here with you because we were talking about earlier in the show it appears at least if you believe the rumor mill the two favorites for the colts job are uh jeff saturday and dan quinn who's the defensive coordinator for the dallas cowboys now i'm cheering for dan quinn because i once worked at a radio station that was owned by a guy named dan quinn so i really (laughs) I'm cheering for that. But uh, would anybody go to the games next year if they actually made Jeff Saturday the coach? Would you see a mass exodus in terms of season ticket holders? No, I don't. They could dig up Vince Lombardi and bring him back to life until you have a quarterback, until you have a functioning offensive line. I don't think it's going to matter. Remember, Barry Switzer was a horrible NFL head coach. He inherited a very good Dallas Cowboys job that Jimmy Johnson left because he had a falling out with Jerry Jones. Barry Switzer won the Super Bowl. Nobody is ever saying what a great NFL coach he was. He inherited great talent. You could put anybody on that Colts team. That line stunk last year. I don't know if they quit. I don't know what happened. They went from being a decent offensive line to embarrassingly bad. The quarterback situation went from bad to worse, which I didn't think was possible. So... You could bring in Jeff Saturday. You could bring in Mike Tomlin. I don't think it's going to make a difference until they get the right trigger man in there to be the quarterback. I find it. We talked with Jake Query about this yesterday from 107.5 The Fan. I find the repetitive interviewing of 9 million people very annoying. Where are you at with this? So it feels like I'm the only guy in the city that, one, hasn't been interviewed by the Indianapolis Colts, <laughs> or two, has found classified documents. <laughs> Look under the chair right there. Let me check under the chair. Oh, look at that. I'll be damned. There's uh, some more White House classified documents. And the tweets about who we're interviewing, like, 
I get it. You got to keep some content going because the Colts were really mathematically eliminated in like early December and it's still football season. So you want to keep the content going, but eh. So you're Dan Quinn and you're coming in for your second interview. Do you just blast Jeff Saturday? Because you know who your competition is. Or do you play it nice? And is I'm Ursay the in the room? Because if Ballard's in there, mm-hmm. blast Jeff Saturday. Because yeah. he didn't like Jeff Saturday. But if Ursay's in there, then you talk about how, oh, I remember that 2006 AFC Championship game. He recovered that fumble <laughs> in the end zone, saved the, the momentum. You bring up that kind of stuff. Because Ursay, he's romantic about that era of the Colts, mm-hmm. right? As Bad as Jeff Saturday was as a coach. Um, and I like Jeff Saturday. I've met the dude. He's an awesome guy. You would love to sit down and pound beers and eat wings with him. But one and seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, it, you are what your record is. And he was one and seven. Right. Like, how often does Dan Quinn bring that up in the second interview? <laughs> well, your record last year. Right, right. So, Casey, I think you hit on something really interesting. I think the next time I have to go meet with management, no matter what the topic is, mm-hmm. the whole time I'm there, I'm just going to rip on Jason Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can say hello to that raise right now because. <laughs> So yesterday we played a round of Hit the Post, a little game that uh, Hammer you know, shared with us. And Rob, we actually had a phone call about that. Oh, that I oh, was, was terrible. Well, I was saving it until Jason came in the studio. Hey, Hit the Post on I Need a Lover by John Cougar Mellencamp. You can read the <laughs> newspaper during that thing. <laughs> what is that intro? That's like a minute and a half long. That's like a minute and a half long intro. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not hitting the post on that one. Now, I could, but it would totally take us well past this break time here. Right. <laughs> now, now, that's for- a song where you could turn on, I could go to the bathroom and do a one or two and come back and it still hasn't kicked in yet. (laughs) Nice timing, Kevin. What do you have coming up this afternoon? Uh, We're going to have full coverage of what's happening on the roads. Afternoon drive could be chaos this uh, afternoon. Matt Baer will be with us. Marcus Bailey. You're going to be with us, Casey. Mm -hmm. Tony Kennett and more. We're loaded up. All right. Thank you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC.